Okay, good evening and welcome back. I am Dr. Renee and I would like to continue uh, what I started. I was talking about kingdom living, how we need to reset our attitude. And I want to begin by just giving a quick review of what we talked about previously, just in case uh, you didn't hear the word before. Um, but anyway, let's see. In Lucaea uh, 17, 11 through 19, here I will begin reading at verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Yeshua traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Yeshua, master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, uh, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising Elohim in a loud voice. And he threw himself at Yeshua's feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Yeshua asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to Elohim except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise, go, and your faith has made you well. It is so much in this. Uh, when Yeshua was talking and dealing with this, these 10 people or 10 lepers who were severely, highly contagious, he gave a word from a distance. And we talked about that before, and we know as we studied before that um, lepers were very contagious. They had to stay outside of the camp. Um, they had to walk around saying that they were unclean. They had to cover their mouths, um, you know, and have their hair unkept, uh, wear torn clothes, all of this, so that everyone would know that they were highly contagious and that no one should come near them. And so we see that Yeshua, we see that Yeshua, he healed them as he spoke his word and he asked a question. He asked, were not all 10 healed because only one out of the 10 came back. And so previously it was talking to you about uh, the Hebrew Olivet nine, um, the, the number nine, the Hebrew Olivet that goes with that number is Tet. And so when we're thinking about this Tet, uh, the ancient Hebrew Mandu Neder um, picture that goes with it is a snake in a basket. It's a picture of that. And so what does the snake represent? Well, this snake is telling me that I have a choice to do something. Well, I have a decision to do something and I need to do something right or I have that choice to do something wrong. So we see clearly that nine out of the 10 chose to do something wrong, which was not to give Elohim praise. And so uh, there was one thing that uh, we talked about dealing with the 10 lepers. Out of all of them, only one of them, uh, all of them were healed, but only one of them was made whole. And so uh, what was so different about that one was his attitude. And so our attitude can make a big difference, a huge difference. And so uh, we talked about how we must break the cycle that's keeping us bound. So Yeshua asked in Lucaea 17, 17, he says, were not all 10 cleansed? 
where are the other nine? He was asking the question not because he didn't know what the answer was. He wanted to uh, make this a teachable moment for the one who was made whole. And he asked, has no one returned to give praise to Elohim except this foreigner? Okay, so then he told him, rise and your faith has made you whole. We talked about this particular word faith and how this word faith is imuna, imuna. And so imuna has um, several olivets that it's constructed with. And the first olivet that we're looking at is olive. And so olive is actually dealing with the source or the father. And then we have mem, which is the strong spirited, massive in the spirit. Also, we have vav, uh, which is to establish. And it also means to connect. It looks like a hook or a nail. And then we have noon, uh, which is, it means life or eternal air or someone who has sonship. And then also we have hay, which is revelation. Revelation of what? Revelation of heaven right here on earth. So when we talk about faith, we know that this faith is the life-giving spirit of the Father that has been established in my life. And so how, how is this thing established in my life? Well, when it is established in my life, heaven is actually being revealed right here on earth. So that's truly faith. Uh, we, we say faith and we use faith in a religious way, but this, this is not, it's not a religious term. It's an attitude. Faith is an attitude. And so we also, uh, previously we were saying how the root word in faith is aman. And so the root word Aman is spelled olive, mem, noon. So here we have the life-given spirit of the Father that has actually given me sonship. So guess what? I am an heir. That life-giving spirit of the Father that's connected and established in my life, indeed, I am an heir. I am a son of Elohim. All right, so the question today is, will you be made whole? We talked about that. Will you be made whole? We need to be whole in our mind. We need to be whole in our will. We need to be whole in our emotions, in every aspect, everything that involves us. We need to be whole. Okay, so we gave you a brief review of what Tet was. Now let's look at Ebram 4. This is still a review. Ebram 4. For the word of Elohim is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. See, it's the word of Elohim that's able to adjust or divide our attitude. It's the word of Elohim that's able to do that. And then it goes on and say, and the joints and marrow and it is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. So it's dealing with my attitude. All throughout this scripture, I'm seeing how the Father's word is dealing with our attitude. All right, verse 13, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who, must, who we must give an account. All right, so here it is. We must be willing to change our attitude 
to experience the full manifestation of what Elohim had for us. So there were uh, 10 lepers, but only one out of the 10 was able to experience that fullness. So we don't need to just stop with the healing. We need to be whole in every aspect of our being. All right. <clears throat> now here it is. <clears throat> Let me get some water. Okay. Let's, let me read this. We must break free from the spirit of religion and allow the word to change our attitude. Again, <clears throat> we must break free from the spirit of what? Of religion and allow the word to change our attitude. Why are we saying that we got to break free from religion? Because religion tells me that I don't have to be whole. Religion tells me that I can go uh, to services and I can go up for prayer and, you know, I can receive my healing and then I'm good. Then I can go back up and then receive my healing just over and over and over. But what, when am I going to be made whole? When, when, when am I going to see that um, healing belongs to me and I can continually walk in my healing? When am I going to see that? All right. So. Let's look at um, Philemon 4 and 8. Let me slow it down just a little bit. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why am I meditating on these things? Because I need to make sure that I adjust my attitude. I need to make sure that um, my attitude, we were talking about how that manifestation of heaven being manifested from heaven right here and established on earth, that connection when I'm connected and rooted and grounded with the Father. When my attitude demonstrates him, then I'm showing the full manifestation of his power. <clears throat> okay, let's look at this. In Mishli, or Proverbs 4 and 23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. The word is telling us how I can adjust my attitude by doing all of these things. Go back, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. The word is telling us what my posture should be. The word is telling me as an ambassador of faith, what my attitude should be. So as I stay connected, we just said that, as I stay connected, I'm, I'm allowing heaven to be established where? Right here on earth, so that others can see the kingdom culture. Or as we say, uh, the, the teachings of the ways of the Father, it can be seen through my lifestyle and through my attitude. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So here it is, attitude. Your attitude speaks 
when you're not talking. That's powerful. Your attitude is the speaker of your present. Your attitude is the prophet of your future. You know what? I can tell how far you're going to go just by your attitude. Uh, when you don't have to, sometimes you can just walk in the room and people will know in your disposition just by your attitude. You can walk in a room and command uh, presence just by your attitude. You don't have to say a word, but your attitude, okay? We're representing the king. All right, so the question that I asked previously was, what's my attitude like during this time? You know, during the pandemic as a kingdom ambassador, uh, during the time where we're facing and we're seeing some things that we've seen years and years and years concerning um, the killing of a black male, you know, by, by corrupt police officers. What's my attitude toward it? Am I getting religious about it? And am I defending uh, what's wrong? See, as ambassadors, we need to make sure that we're standing up for righteousness. I, I, I want to re remind everyone that Elohim, he's not a Democrat and he's not a Republican. Who, whose side is he on? He, he's not on anybody's side. He's on his side. <laughs> so we need to ask ourselves, what side are we on? So we have to be able to separate and understand that as a kingdom ambassador, I need to make sure that I'm standing for righteousness. I'm able to speak for uh, what's right and what's just because the father, he is speaking and he's standing up for righteousness. All right, so what's my attitude? What's my attitude uh, during this time? I need to make sure that I am thinking about those things that are lovely, those things that are good report, that I am meditating on these things, that I'm speaking the same thing that the father is speaking. And let's, listen, if it's not right, the father's not gonna say something is right and it's wrong. So when we say that I need to speak and say the same thing, well, what would the father say about this? Okay, so th this uh, it bring it sheds light on uh, a whole a whole nother ball game when we look at it like that. All right, so let's look at point number one. The way we look, the way we view, and think and handle things, it's a reflection of our attitude. See, I can't I can't uh, make decisions based on other people or what they think. I have to make decisions based on what the word says. So the way I'm thinking, there's a source to that. If I'm connected to the source, then my thinking should be renewed and it, I should be saying the same thing as the father. So in Philippians or Philippium uh, two in verse four, it reads, look each of you not only let each one of you look not only out for his or her own interests, but also for the interests of others. So this is telling me that I don't need to have a, a selfish attitude. I need to think about others. And when I think about other people, then I'm not doing things to hurt other people. So that, that speaks miles into what we're dealing with in, in the different situations, the things that come that are coming up in life right now. You know, I need to think about other people, not just myself. All right. All right. So verse five, it reads, 
uh, let this mind be in you in which was also in Meshach Yeshua, who in being in the form of Elohim did not consider it robbery uh, to be equal with Elohim, but made himself of no reputation. What was his attitude like? He had an attitude of humility. He's saying, I mean, ne never once did we ever read um, when Yeshua said, you want me to do what? You want me to go down there with them? I don't want that body. We, we never heard in, in the verse, and let's go back to the scripture. Verse seven, it says, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. That's huge. That's huge. We need to make sure that uh, we um, maintain that attitude of humility. Okay, so we also talked about three attitudes to avoid in relationships, business, and ministry. And I added one more. There, there are several attitudes that we need to avoid, but we want to talk about this. Just this is a, a review, and then we're going to get into um, what we have further. <clears throat> the attitude of Cain. And we know that Cain was only concerned about himself. Uh, he didn't consider his own brother. Cain was uh, the one who promoted himself. He was arrogant, refused to repent. And he was even willing to murder to get what he wanted. Isn't that, isn't that familiar? That's, that's like 2020. That's right, right now. People are willing to murder to get what they want. People are willing to kill another person. Why? Because they had the same type of attitude of selfishness that Cain had. So whatever is in you will come out when the pressure is applied, whether it is good or bad. I'm reminded of um, a few years ago, it was about six, about six or seven years ago, um, when I, I ended up going to the emergency room cause I was having some, uh, tightness in my right arm and it was just like, it was a muscle spasm. I didn't know what, it, what was going on because normally everything is good though. So this particular day I went and, um, just a long story short, just want to show you what, what pressure can do for you. Um, so I, I heard a report from the doctor and he said that there was something going on with my lungs. So at that particular time, when the doctor made the announcement to everyone in the waiting room and my mom was there at that time, <clears throat> she said, she was looking like, oh my goodness, I don't know what she's getting ready to do. The doctor made the announcement. He was like, you, you, have, you have blood clots in your lungs. And I'm looking at him like, first of all, did you really just announce my diagnosis to everybody in the room? That's what I'm looking at him like, what? So uh, that was my first, uh, my first reaction. And then the second reaction, I'm thinking, okay, now, now is the time for me to be that woman of faith that I say that I am. Now is the time, I, I have two choices. I can either believe what the Father says that I am the healed of Yahweh, or I can just fall out and just cry and just have a fit 
and everybody will be, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> if I, you know, some people, oh, are you going to be okay? Oh, I know that's terrible. You know, yeah. So whatever is on the inside of you, that attitude is going to be pushed out of you, especially when pressure is applied. You really don't know what type of faith you have or what type of attitude you have until you go through some trials and, and tribulations and, and, and different things in life. And then you'll see what's really on the inside. And then we get to see, oh, oh I, I didn't realize that uh, that hole, H-O-L-E, was there. So we need to make sure we plug that hole with the word of Elohim so that when pressure is applied, there are no holes. There's nothing sprouting just like a, a, a water hose. You know, when the pressure is applied and the water just comes out where you didn't even know that there were holes in it. That's what it's like when we are not walking in faith. We see what's, what's really on the inside of us. Okay, so let's get back to that. All right, so now here's the, the next attitude that we want to make sure that we avoid in relationships, um, business, and ministry. The attitude of Absalom. So we saw that Absalom, uh, for those of you who remember Absalom, he was one of David's sons. Uh, the word Elohim says that, you know, he was um, fine in appearance. He was really good looking. Uh, but it also tells us that he did not honor his relationship between he and his father. And he decided to draw people to himself instead of allowing them to go speak to the king. See, we have to be mindful and make sure that we're walking in integrity when we're dealing with people, when we're dealing in our relationships, when we're dealing in business and also in ministry. Because especially, oh my goodness, especially in ministry, because a lot of people when, when, uh, when the father is dealing with their hearts and you begin to hear from him, you know, sometimes uh, as ambassadors, sometimes uh, a little cockiness get in the way. You know, a little arrogance try to stem up from somewhere. I, I know, I know, I know how to hear. But we do we know how to humble ourselves? Do we know how to uh, stop talking when we need to stop talking? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. So number two, we just said that. Number three, Absalom. Absalom, he promoted himself, although he was taught to do what's right. And then it goes on to say how he uh, got caught up he was at his hair actually caught him up in a tree right and then he was actually stabbed to death okay so let's remember this people with bad attitudes in positions of leadership will kill a ministry kill a business or kill a family and drive people away i have to make sure as a kingdom ambassador that i have the right attitude so as we deal with this thing called life, we're going to have many opportunities and we're going to have many things to come our way where we're going to have to make an attitude adjustment. All right. So let's look at this in Hebrew, Hebrews 12, verse 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of Elohim, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this, many become defiled. How is that? Because it's contagious. Rebellion 
Bitterness is contagious. So I need to make sure that I'm girding myself up, that I'm uh, the people that I am either overseeing, that I'm watching, you know, that I'm over or I'm in charge of, that I'm making sure that I'm having the right attitude towards them. And then those who are, whatever you are, whatever position you are, or whatever you are, as far as your workplace or in your ministry or in your family, whatever, making sure that our attitude is not, does not have a root of bitterness in it. Why? Because the word says that springing up and it's going to cause trouble and many will be defiled. Usually the ones that's defiled are those that are closest to you because they're going to be more sensitive. Oh yeah, you, yeah. We, the, those that we have uh, more influence with. All right. And then it goes on and talks about the attitude of Esau. And so but we're not going to deal with that right now. Okay. So this is uh, this is a review. Let's look at the attitude of Korah. We talked about the attitude of Korah and how Korah was one of the leaders. He was um, uh, very, he had a lot of influence in the, uh, in the community. Okay. He was a leader who spoke against Elohim's leader. See, this is where we really need to watch it. This leader, he became too common with Moshe. He got filled with pride and rose up. Not only did he rise up, but it says that 250 people, other leaders who were very influential. Can I say that word? Say that word for me. Influential. There it is. I thought I was going to do something else. But anyway, they were very influential. He was able to persuade them to speak against Moshe. And you know what? The, the father caused the ground to open up and they went to hell alive. And so some people are saying, well, I, I know a lot of people doing a lot of things and the ground hadn't opened up. Oh, it's going to open up. It may not open up like you think it's going to open up, but devastation is coming if repentance does not come. All right. So you can go back and read that in um, number 16. Okay. So we need to make sure that we stay focused and keep a posture of humility without boldness. We, we are bold. We are bold, but we are still um, supposed to be humble in our boldness. All right. So let's move on. Here's another attitude that we want to avoid. And, and this particular attitude is strife. Uh, in Bereshit 13 or Genesis 13, it says some people, listen to this point. Some people are looking from, for what they can get from you. And then strife clogs the channel for grace to flow into your life. We're going to deal with that because it says strife clogs the channel for grace to flow in your life. Grace is the ability to keep the instructions of the word that the word of Elohim gives us that ability. But if strife is there, there's going to be a blockage. All right. So let's look at, um, verse five. It says now lot who was moving about with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together and quarreling arose between Abram's herders and lots. So Abram said to Lot, 
let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. See, Lot was uh, Abram's nephew. Is not the whole land before you? <laughs> let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. See, Abram was able and he was willing to protect his anointing, to protect his vision so that he would not get swayed by the attitude of strife. Right. I'm purposely saying attitude of strife, not spirit, because, you know, sometimes we get too religious about certain things. We're so religious, we know earthly good. Okay, yeah, all right, whatever. All right, so the attitude. So verse 10, let's look at this. <laughs> Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of Jordan towards Zor was well watered. This is a key. Because, and like the garden of Yahweh, man, that's powerful there. Like the land of Egypt. This was before Yahweh destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. And the two men parted company. Okay, so it's so much in this, but notice Lot took the very best for himself. See, it's amazing when a person is, when strife begin to uh, rise up, that person is only thinking about himself, his family, people connected to him, nothing else. Lot did not consider that Abram was the one who was able to get him to where he was. So if Lot had the right attitude, he would have took the attitude of humility. But no, it says that he wanted the part that was well watered. In other words, oh, yeah, I see this. My, my you know, all of my herd is going to be good to go. My family, we're going to be good. Because there's when you think of water, you think of life. Okay, and then it says it was like the garden of Yahweh. And I was thinking about that. I said, I don't... Out of all of the times that I've read this scripture, I, this just stood out to me. This had to be an amazing place. Just like when, um, you know, when Adam and Matzah East Negro, when they were there in the garden of Yahweh, saying it was like that. So it had to have been something amazing. So amazing that he said, you know what, Abram, okay, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to do exactly what you said to do and I'm taking the very best and goodbye. See, he didn't consider his relationship. He valued what he wanted more than the relationship itself. That's how you know that you're operating in strife. That's how you know that uh, you, you're not going the right way. Remember that, number one, that we need to avoid strife at all costs. This was what Abram was doing. He said, you know what? You go to the left, I'll go to the right. You wanna go to the right, I'm going to the left. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to fight over it. All I know is I'm going to stay in the grace of Elohim. Number two, here it is, which ties in. Strife nullifies grace. Strife nullifies grace. Everything that we're wanting the Father to do on our behalf, that ability to keep the word, well, strife is going to clog it up. And then number three, strife will hinder your progress of 
receiving the full manifestation from the king. You know what? I just believe that Elohim had so much more for Lot. I believe that. I believe uh, Lot could have had even more. You know, Lot, he wanted a lot. But anyway, I believe he could have had even more, but he did not because he chose the very best for himself and didn't even consider Abram. Okay, so here's the word uh, for strife. And just looking at these um, three Hebrew letter words for strife, we have resh, yud, and bet. And so when we're thinking about this particular word for strife, resh is dealing with the intent of the mind. So here we have the power, which is yud, the intent of the mind. What's in the back of, what's, what's in this person's mind? Well, this power, strife is so powerful. What's on the inside of this person? This thing that's on the inside can be the very thing that will destroy you. We need to make sure that we are not walking in strife. All right, so let's look at this. Three attitudes that we should keep. Here's one attitude that the word tells us that we should keep. An attitude of thankfulness and gratitude. Earlier we were talking about um, the 10 lepers and how only one out of the 10 was thankful and given praise to Elohim. And in that particular one, because of his attitude, he was able to be not just healed, but made whole. So in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is Elohim's will for you in uh, Meshach Yeshua. What is his will? For us to give thanks? He's not saying that everything bad that's happening to you, he's not saying that everything bad that's happening to you is his will. That's not what it's saying. It's saying to give thanks in all things. That's his will for us to have the right attitude while we're going through whatever we're going through. All right. And then number two, having an attitude of humility and respect. I want you to go back and read this uh, particular story that was dealing in 1 Samuel 24. This is uh, uh, really profound because David, uh, he had the opportunity to kill Sheol. And what happened, he decided that he would just cut off a portion of Sheol's robe. The word tells us in here, and you can go back and read it for yourself, that he became sick to the stomach. He was like, how, how, how could I even touch? How could I even try to attempt to touch Elohim's anointed. So uh, it's so it's so much in that, but he respected him so much. He said, you know what? I'm gonna let Elohim deal with him. I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. All right, and then number three, uh, here's the third attitude. Attitude that is willing to change and break free from man-made tradition and embrace the precepts of the kingdom of Elohim. You know, religion is so powerful until it's, it has the ability to keep people hostage years after years after years after, I said years after year, year after year. Elohim is saying, you know what? I'm not even going that way. But that's the way that you have chosen. 
So go ahead. When we begin to grow in his word and understand his precepts and his principles and his ways, our ear develops. Like, okay, this is your mindset. Okay, I see. But then if I decide to embrace my way, my ears are clogged up. I'm going to keep holding on to what I want to hold on. Hold on to the thing. Oh, I know that that's right. I know it's wrong. If it's not in the word, it's wrong. If it's not according to his principle, his uh, precepts, his ways, his way of thinking, it's not the way we should go. So we have to be uh, willing to change and willing to break free. All right. So what is our posture? Our posture is a humility, uh, a posture of humility and a posture of boldness. I want you to look at this in Mark A or Marcus, which is Mark seven, uh, verse five. It says, so the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Yeshua, why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? And let me just insert this. So at this particular time, uh, they would have a hand ceremony ritual. It's not just talking about washing your hands. We know we're supposed to do that. It's not talking about that. It's talking about what they were doing. They were washing the cup and doing this and doing all of this, uh, <laughs> all of these rituals and doing there, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law ask you sure. Why, why y'all not doing that? What's going on? What's going on with that? Okay. Verse six. And he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrite. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, watch this. The attitude of their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You, you, have, uh, you have let go of the commands of Elohim and are holding on to human traditions. This is what it's like when I am so wrapped up into, um, here it is, when I'm so wrapped up into doing whatever I want to do, doing whatever holiday that I think is fine. You know, oh no, we've been doing this. Ain't nothing wrong with doing that. Ain't nothing wrong with celebrating Christmas. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all just getting too deep. So when did Yeshua celebrate it on December 25th? I was thinking about it. I said, well, the more I think about it, uh, if there's a holiday that's on the same date every year, it's probably wrong, like 99.9% .9 wrong, because Elohim is not governed by that type of calendar. He's governed by, it says, to look at what? The stars and the moons. He's governed by that. Why? Because we can't change that. If we could get up there and change the, the moon and the stars, we probably do that too. Okay. So it says, uh, so we have to let, no, it says you have let go of the commands of Elohim and are holding on to human traditions. And then verse nine, and he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of Elohim in order to observe your own traditions. This is what we have to do. We must break free from our own tradition. What does the word say? What is the word wanting us to do? See, it takes a a mindset 
of a kingdom ambassador to be able to humble ourselves and change and say, you know what? I know I was doing this like this for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, but enough is enough. I need to change. I need to change. All right, let's look at this. An attitude of obedience is required for all ambassadors. We must choose uh, to be obedient to the word above man-made traditions. We, we all have a choice to make. We all have to make that decision. We were talking about that um, Hebrew Olivet Tet, where that decision is, is to be made. And it's our choice whether we decide what? to walk in the things of Elohim or whether we decide to walk in our own way. Okay, and this was the, this is one more that I wanna add. Your attitude can turn your problems into a blessing. Now in um, second Malik, it's Malik, right? Or second Kings, See, I have to change my attitude. Let me, let, me, let me share this. Can I share a quick testimony? When we first started studying the Hebrew language and um, Dr. Lair, he had been teaching it for a while. And I was like, oh, he's doing great. Go ahead, Dr. Lair. <laughs> but you know, it's funny how the father would begin to deal with, he began to deal with my heart and he was showing me that I was holding on to some things that I needed to let go. And so now I constantly try to make sure that I'm not trying to hold on to man-made stuff and purposely make that change. Like I wasn't sure about Malik, but I, I know that I'm thinking, yeah, okay. So does it matter? Yes, it does matter. So, all right. Anyway, when uh, second, second Malik, thank you, Kings 5, 8 through 15, when Elisha, the man of Elohim, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? You can go back and read the details of this. Have the man come to me and he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and, your, and you will be cleansed. Naaman was a king who had leprosy. It said that he had won the battle, but he was a leper. And so that's why it's telling us here that he had stopped at the, the door. Why? Because he had to be at least 16 feet and distance. Remember that? We were talking about that. Okay. And so he told, Naaman was told to go wash himself in the Jordan seven times. Now look at his attitude in verse 11. Go back to that. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of Yahweh, Elohim, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. This is, this is hilarious to me because Naaman really thought that he was just that great. <laughs> he was just that great. Naaman, humble yourself and receive this power. Okay, so Naaman went away angry, it says. And so it says in verse 12, are not Abana 
and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Look at his attitude. He was saying that the Jordan River was so, I mean, it's not, it don't even look clean. Look, what about those clear rivers? Can I go into something like that? You want me? Listen, Naaman, you're nasty. <laughs> who, who cares what you go into? You just need to be healed. So he needed an attitude of humility, a taste of humility. So he had to humble himself so that he could receive the healing. Could Elohim have healed him in these other rivers? Sure he could have, but that was not the way. So there was a way that he thought that he should have gone and that way was the wrong way. He, uh, he was thinking that, uh, he said, couldn't you just spread your hand over that area and then I just be healed? He wanted something great and wonderful and magnificent. No, get down in the dirty, dirty and be healed. All right. So it says that he was, he went off in a rage. Go to verse 13, please. Uh, Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, here it is. Would you have not done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed, we need to make sure that, okay, it said wash and be cleansed. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of Elohim had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. That is amazing. Obedience. See, when we choose to walk in obedience, my attitude can turn my problem into a blessing. I need to make sure that I am walking in a spirit of obedience. All right, let's look at this one. Let's look at this one. I'm almost out of time. I think I'm out of time, but I wanted to share, wanted to share this last point. Dr. Lair, is that okay? All right. And this last point is, uh, your attitude towards others will determine their attitude towards you. This is really important. Your attitude, we've been dealing with attitude. Uh, in Bemadar, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I'll have to check it out. Oh, Numbers 13 and 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moshe and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. See, your attitude is the speaker of your present, the prophet of your future. Remember that. Verse 31. But then the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. See, they had an attitude. This is how they saw themselves. 32, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of a great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. This is important. So how you see yourself, that's how others are gonna view you. It's important that I have the right attitude about myself, that I know who I am, that I know who I'm representing, especially during this time, this time of <laughs> this time of chaos that's going on in the world. Remember, 
We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Therefore, I should not be responding like the world. Oh, I don't know what I'm a, oh, uh, no, stop. It had to come out one time. That stop had to come out. Nope. I got to make sure that my posture is right. And my, po it, listen, is Elohim tripping? Is he scared about anything? Well, Elohim, he in heaven. Well, guess what? We're the ambassadors that's here on earth. And we're representing him. And since we're representing him, we need to talk like him. We need to be wise like him, say what he's saying, and uh, just be fully obedient to his word. All right. So I just want to close with this. And you can put this point up. Now is the time. Now is the time to change our attitude. Our attitudes can give us an exceptional perception in life. A positive attitude will cause us to raise or to be raised or to rise above the situation or the circumstance. Listen, we can change the world around us when the world around us has not changed just by attitude. So for those who are watching on today, I just want to just encourage you just continually, continually be prayerful, pray his word, seek the mind of Elohim. What is it that he has to say, what is it that he wants us to do? What's my, what's my posture? My posture should be a posture of boldness, yet a, a posture of humility. All right. So I just want to encourage those who are watching. Remember, remember, we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have not already EOFKC. And then also for those who are following us on Facebook, remember to share this. We are so elated that you were able to join us once again, and we want to say shalom to you. Be blessed.